0: chapter fifteen of the creators a comedy by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter fifteen the creation of hambleby moved on in a procession of superb chapters jane holland was once more certain of herself as certain as she had been in the days when she had shared the splendid obscurity of george tanqueray her celebrity by removing her from tanqueray had cut the ground from under her feet so far from being uplifted by it she had felt that there must be something wrong with her since she was celebrated and george tanqueray was not it was tanqueray's belief in her that had kept her up it consoled her with the thought that her celebrity was after all only a disgusting accident for through it all in spite of the silliness of it he did believe he swore by her he staked his own genius upon hers as long as he believed in it she could not really doubt but now for the first time since she was celebrated she believed in it herself she no longer thought of tanqueray or if she did think of him her thinking no longer roused in her the old perverse passionate jealousy she no longer hated her genius because he had cared for it she even foresaw that in time she might come to love it for that reason but at the moment she was surrendered to it for its own sake she was beginning to understand the way of genius of the will to create she had discovered the secret and the rhythm of its life it was subject to the law of the supersensible. to love anything more than this thing was to lose it you had to come to it clean from all desire naked of all possession placable to the small perishing affections it abhorred the shining dangerous powers the rival immortalities it could not be expected to endure such love as she had had for Tanqueray. It rejoiced in taking Tanqueray away from her. For the divine thing fed on suffering, on poverty, solitude, frustration. It took toll of the blood and nerves and of the splendour of the passions. And to those who did not stay to count the cost or measure the ruin, it gave back immeasurable immortal things. It rewarded supremely the supreme surrender. Nina Lempriere was right virginity was the law the indispensable condition the quiet inassailable knowledge of this truth had underlain tanqueray's most irritable utterances tanqueray had meant that when he said the lord our god is a consuming fire jane saw now that there had been something wrong with her and with all that she had done since the idea of tanqueray possessed her she could put her finger on the flaws wrought by the deflected and divided flame she had been caught and bound in the dark places of the house of life and had worked there seeing things only by flashes by the capricious impulse of the fire struggling between the fall and rise of passion to recover the perfection of the passionless hour she had attained only the semblance of perfection through sheer dexterity a skill she had in fitting together with delicate precision the fragments of the broken dream she defied even Tanqueray to tell the difference between the things she had patched and mended and the things she had brought forth whole. She had been wonderful, standing there before Tanqueray, with her feet bound and her hands raised above the hands that tortured her, doing amazing things. There was nothing amazing about Hambleby or whole population of Hamblebys given a heavenly silence, a virgin solitude, and a creator possessed by no power except the impulse to create within the four walls of her room and in the quiet square nothing moved nothing breathed but hambleby his presence destroyed those poignant almost tangible memories of tanqueray those fragments of tanqueray that adhered to the things that he had looked upon and touched she was no longer afraid of these things or of the house that contained them she no longer felt any terror of her solitude any premonition of trouble as she entered the place away from it she found herself longing for its stillness for the very sight of the walls that folded her in this incomparable peace she had never known what peace was until now if she had she would have been aware that her state was too exquisite to last she had not allowed for the flight of the days and for the inevitable return of people of the dreadful clever little people by november they had all come back they had found her behind her barricades they approached, some tentatively, some insistently, some with an ingenuity no foresight could defeat. One by one they came. First Caro Bickersteth, and Caro once let in, it was impossible to keep out the rest. For Caro believed in knowing the right people, and in the right people knowing each other. It was Caro last year who had opened the innumerable doors by which they had streamed in, converging upon Jane and they were more terrible than they had been last year braced as they were by their sense of communion of an intimacy so established that it ignored reluctance and refusal they had given introductions to each other and behind them on the horrific verge jane saw the heaving hovering multitudes of the as yet unintroduced by december she realized again that she was celebrated by january that she was hunted down surrounded captured and alone for last year when it all began she had had george tanqueray tanqueray had stood between her and the dreadful little people his greatness sheltered her from their dreadfulness their cleverness their littleness he had softened all the horrors of her pitiless celebrity so that she had not felt herself half so celebrated as she was and now six months after george's marriage it was borne in upon her with appalling certitude that george was necessary to her and that he was not there he had not even written to her since he married then as if he had a far-off sense of her need of him and of her agony he wrote marriage had not destroyed his supernatural sympathy absolutely as if nothing had happened he wrote it was on the day after new year's day and if jane had behaved as if nothing had happened she would have written to him but because she needed him she could not bring herself to write my dear jinny he wrote i haven't heard from you for centuries he must have expected then to hear what's the matter is it book and jane wrote back it is will you look at it nothing would please me better said tanqueray by return not a word about his wife jane sent hambleby by return also and regretted it the moment after in two days a telegram followed coming to see you today at four tanqueray absolutely as if nothing had happened he came her blood sang a song in her brain her heart and all her pulses beat with the joy and tumult of his coming but when he was there when he had flung himself into his old place by the fireside and sat smiling at her across the hearthrug of a sudden her brain was on the watch and her pulses in her heart were still what's been the matter he said you look worn out i am worn out with book jinny she smiled and shook her head no with people george everlasting people i have to work like ten horses and when i think i've got a spare minute just to rest in someone takes it look there and there and there his eyes followed her wild gesture innumerable little notes were stacked on jinny's writing-table and lay littered among her manuscripts invitation cards theatre tickets telegrams were posted in every available space about the room schedules of the tax the world levies on celebrity tanqueray's brows crumpled as he surveyed the scene before i can write a line of hambleby said jinny one little line i've got to send answers to all that you don't mean to tell me he said sternly that you dream of answering if it could only end in dreaming he groaned here have i been away from you how long Six months, is it? Only six months, Jinny. just long enough to get married in, and you go and do the very things I told you not to. You're not to be trusted by yourself for a single minute. I told you what it would be like. George, dear, can't you do something? Can't you save me? My dear Jinny, I've tried my level best to save you, but you wouldn't be saved. Ah, said she, you don't know how I've hated it. Haven't you liked any of it? no she said slowly not any of it the praise jenny didn't you like the praise weren't you just a little bit intoxicated did i look intoxicated no you carried it fairly well just at first perhaps just at first it goes to your head a bit then you get sick of it and you don't want ever to have any more of it again and all the time it makes you feel such a silly ass you were certainly not cut out for a celebrity but the awful thing is that when you've swallowed all the praise, you can't get rid of the people. They come swarming and tearing and clutching at you and bizzing in your ear when you want to be quiet. I feel as if I were being buried alive under awful avalanches of people. I told you you would be. If, she cried, they'd only kill you outright, but they throttle you. You fight for breath. They let go and then they're at you again they come telling you how wonderful you are and how they adore your work and not one of them cares a rap about it if they did they'd leave you alone to do it poor jinny he murmured why am i marked out for this why is it george why should they take me and leave you alone it's your emotional quality that fetches them but it's inconceivable how you've been fetched i wanted to see what the creatures were like oh george that i should be so punished when i only wanted to see what they were like poor jinny poor gregarious jinny she shook her head it was so insidious i can't think i really can't think how it began it began with those two spluttering imbecilities you asked me to dine with oh no poor things they haven't hurt me they've gone on to dine at other tables they're in it too they're torn and devoured they dine and are dined on but my dear child you must stop it if i could if i could only break loose and get away get away what keeps you everything keeps me by everything you mean london london does something to your brain it jogs it and shakes it and all the little ideas that had gone to sleep in their little cells get up and begin to dance as if they heard music everything wakes them up the streams of people the eyes and the faces it's you and nina and laura it's ten thousand things can't you understand george it's playing the devil with your nerves jinny not when i go about in it alone that's the secret it looks as if you were alone a lot doesn't it he glanced significantly around him oh that yes he said that will you really let me save you can you I can, if I do it my own way. I don't care how you do it. Good. He rose. Is there anything in those letters you mind my seeing? Not a word. He sat down at her writing table and stirred the litter with rapid, irritable hands. In two minutes he had gathered into a heap all the little notes of invitation. He then went round the room collecting the tickets and the cards and the telegrams. These he added to his heap. What are you going to do? She asked. I am going he said to destroy this hornet's nest you've raised about you he took it up carrying it gingerly as if it stung and dropped it on the fire george she cried and sat looking at him as he stirred the pile to flame and beat down its ashes into the grate she was paralyzed fascinated by the bold splendor of his deed there he said is there anything else i can do for you yes she smiled you can tell me what i'm to say to my stepmother your stepmother she wants to know if i'll have effie effie my half-sister well i think george i may have to have her have her it's you who'll be had don't i tell you you're always being had he looked down at her half-tenderly smiling at the pathos the absurd pathos of her face it was the same george tanqueray that he had always been except he was no longer restless no longer excited Jinny he said, if you begin to gather round you a family or even the rudiments of a family, you're done for. And so is Hambleby. She said nothing. Can you afford to have him done for? If it would help them, George. You want to help them. Of course I do. But you can't help them without Hambleby. It's he who goes out and rakes in the shekels, not you. Yes, I know he does apart from hambleby what are you a simple idiot jane's face expressed her profound and contrite persuasion of this truth well he said have you written to the lady not yet then sit down and write to her now exactly what i tell you it will be a beautiful letter in your manner not mine he stood over her and dictated the letter it had a firmness of intention that no letter of jinny's to her people had hitherto expressed but in all other respects it was a masterly reproduction of jinny's style i am going to post this myself he said because i can't trust you for a minute he ran out bareheaded and came back again you can't do without me he said you can't do without me for a minute he sat down in his old place and began always as if nothing had happened and now about hambleby another day jinny and i should have been too late to save him but george it's awful they'll never understand they don't realize the deadly grind they see me moving in scenes of leisured splendor tell them you don't move in scenes of leisured anything the scenes i do move in i was so happy once when i hadn't any money when nobody but you knew anything about me were you really jinny yes and before that when i was quite alone think of the hours the days the months i had to myself then the curse fell and you became celeb even then with a little strength of mind you might have saved yourself do you think if i became celebrated i should give myself up to be devoured if i could only not be celebrated she said do you think i can ever creep back into my hole again and be obscure yes if you'll write a book that nobody but i can read why isn't hambleby not he he'll only make things worse for you ten times worse how do you mean he may make you popular is that what you think of him oh i think a lot of him so do you he smiled his old teasing and tormenting smile are you sure you're not just a little bit in love with that little banker's clerk i was never in love with a banker's clerk in my life i've never even seen one except in banks and tubes and places i don't care it's the way you'll be had it's a way you'll be had by hambleby if you don't look out it's the way he said that's absolutely forbidden to any artist you've got to know hambleby outside and inside as god almighty knows him well jinny's mind was working dangerously near certain personal matters george himself seemed to be approaching the same borders he plunged in an abyss of meditation and emerged you can't know people you can't possibly hope to know them if you once allow yourself to fall in love with them can't you she said quietly no you can't if god almighty had allowed himself to fall in love with you and me jinny he couldn't have made us all alive and kicking You must be god almighty to hambleby or he won't kick doesn't he kick oh lord yes you haven't gone in deep enough to stop him i'm only warning you against a possible danger it is always a possible danger when i'm not there to look after you he rose anything he said is possible when i'm not there she rose also their hands and their eyes met that's it she said you weren't there and you won't be you're wrong said he i've always been there when you wanted me he turned to go and came back again if i don't like to see you celebrated jinny it's because I want to see you immortal. You don't want to be alone in your immortality, no. I don't want to be alone in my immortality. With that, he left her, and he had not said a word about his wife. Neither, for that matter, had Jane. She wondered why she had not. At any rate, she thought, I haven't heard his immortality. End of chapter fifteen.